Powered by Righteous Media. Welcome to Independent Americans. Welcome to a special episode 248. I'm your host, Paul Rykoff. I told you I'd bring you quick reaction content when necessary. Well, there's a lot going on in the world right now. And in response, I've got a Friday night special of content coming in for you. Now, as we head into the weekend, when by the time you hear my voice, Israel may have already started to engage Gaza, now is definitely a time to stay vigilant. It is going to be a great moment for the House. And you know what? At the very end, when some people didn't know if they could still even bring back McCarthy, a few of them just left the room and didn't vote. And the swamp is on the run. That's- MAGA is ascendant. And if, if you don't think that moving from Kevin McCarthy to MAGA Mike Johnson shows the ascendance of this movement and where the power in the Republican Party truly lies, uh, then, then you're not paying attention. But they are, they are crying. They are hand-wringing and bedwetting over on K Street because we have an honorable, righteous, righteous man uh, who is about to take this position. He's going to do great things for the country. That's disgusting Florida Congressman Matt Gates, And he's not wrong about the power and ascension part. He's wrong about the rest and just about everything else always. But this moment with a new speaker is the biggest power grab for Trumpists since they won the White House. The American insurgency has won the Speaker's Gala, and our enemies are celebrating. Radical conservative Mike Johnson of Florida has been elected Speaker of the House. Well, at least the miserable and embarrassing chapter of not having a Speaker of the House is finally closed. And on to the next divisive and paralyzing Washington shitshow. With the House now led by an election denier who supported January 6th insurrection and thinks that abortion should be illegal nationwide. All of which the American insurgency will love. And so will our enemies, who are celebrating yet again. The vote was 220 to 209. All the Republicans voted for Johnson. All the Democrats voted against him. And there are, of course, no independents. This is American politics in 2023 in a nutshell. And it sure would be nice to have more independents right about now, right? Because our enemies are celebrating not just what's happening overseas, but what's happening here in America and happening to America that almost nobody is bringing to you. U.S. troops in Iraq and Syria have been attacked 16 times in the last 10 days. 16 times. But most of the media isn't even covering it. At least 20 U.S. troops have now been injured in attacks in Iraq and in Syria since the Gaza war began. Now, Dan Lamoth, the excellent Pentagon reporter from the Washington Post, who joined us just a couple episodes ago, has new reporting on this. And he says the Biden administration has withheld key details about these incidents for days while acknowledging that service members are under heightened risk. But they didn't tell the public. They've been holding back the scope and the scale of the attacks on U.S. forces. Maybe they have operational security reasons. But this needs to be a much bigger story in the media than it is right now. And more hard questions need to be asked. Because the situation around the globe continues to get hotter. 
Because meanwhile, something our friend Dan Lamoth also put out. According to the U.S. military, a People's Republic of China J-11 pilot executed an unsafe intercept of a U.S. Air Force B-52 aircraft which was lawfully conducting routine operations over the South China Sea. So Chinese fighter planes are buzzing American planes in the middle of all this. Bet you didn't see that. I also bet you didn't see this story this week. A former NSA worker pled guilty to trying to sell U.S. secrets to Russia. That's right. AP had the story. A former National Security Agency employee from Colorado pleaded guilty for trying to sell classified national security information to Russia. Federal prosecutors have agreed not to ask for more than about 22 years in prison for Jera Sebastian Dalkey when he was sentenced if he adheres to a plea deal. But the judge will ultimately decide his punishment. Dalkey, a 31-year-old Army veteran from Colorado Springs, faces a possible life sentence for giving up information to an undercover FBI agent who prosecutors say Dalkey believed was a Russian agent. Dalkey told the agent he wanted to, quote, cause change after questioning the U.S. role in causing damage to the world. But he was also $237,000 in debt and allegedly decided to work with Russia because his heritage, quote, ties back to your country. Well, he pleaded guilty. Dalkey was paid $16,499 in cryptocurrency last year for some documents that he passed on to the agent to show what he had. Then he offered to sell the rest of the information he had for $85,000. That's according to the plea deal. The FBI agent directed Delkey to go down to Denver's train station on September 28, 2022, and send the documents using a secure digital connection during a four-hour window. So Delkey arrived with his laptop and first used the connection to send a thank you letter that it was opened, and he said he looked forward to our friendship and shared benefit, according to the plea deal. Moments after he used the laptop to transfer the files, the FBI arrested him. So this is just another reason that our enemies are celebrating. Meanwhile, overnight, you probably didn't see this because there is a shooter on the loose in Maine. We'll get to that in a second. The Pentagon carried out two airstrikes in facilities in eastern Syria in response to the recent attacks on U.S. troops. So the Pentagon is now waging airstrikes. Biden has warned the world... Secretary of Defense Austin has warned the world, but most of America didn't even see it. We're in for some long, complicated, and dangerous times. The public needs as much transparency as possible about American casualties and about American attacks. But our enemies don't have to attack Americans. As I've covered on this show for years, they can also just sit back and watch us kill ourselves. I want to go straight now to an official in the town, Lewiston City Councilor Robert McCarthy. Uh, Mr. McCarthy, thank you for joining us. First of all, what is the latest that you are hearing about uh, the status of the suspect and, and the people who might be injured or dead in this incident? My understanding that they've uh, got a tentative identification of the shooter at the uh, bowling alley. Uh, Confirmed 22 dead, um, many, many more injured. They've set up uh, the National Guard Center as a uh, triage center. Uh, the two hospitals have called in every off-duty off staff member that they could to deal with this. Uh, we are a town of about 39,000. 
uh, our uh, hospitals are not geared to handle this kind of uh, uh, shooting event, and uh, they're doing the best we can. Because unless you haven't been around for the last three days or so, there's a manhunt currently underway in Maine for Robert Card. Over 20 people have been massacred in an area of Maine just an hour away from where I used to go to school. I know this part of the country. It's small-town America, good people, and they're obviously devastated. As another mass shooting perpetrated by another radicalized member of the American insurgency murdered dozens of people, this time in Maine. He's a trained firearms instructor. He's believed to be in an Army Reserve unit out of Saco, Maine, and he repeatedly recently reported mental health issues, included hearing voices, and made threats to shoot up the National Guard base in Saco. He was also reported to have been committed to a mental health facility for two weeks this past summer. With at least 20 fatalities, it's the deadliest shooting in Maine's history, and also one of the deadliest mass shootings in America since 1966. Yes, he was an Army reservist, but he had no combat deployments. And especially now, it's important to remember that combat vets are always much more likely to be the helpers. The police, EMTs, doctors, nurses, trauma counselors, FBI agents. We veterans are much more likely to be them than we are to be the shooter. These stories of heroism, of the helpers come later, and they rarely grab the headlines. But in times like this especially, when we're watching such grim and dismal and terrible news, now is the time, especially, to look for the helpers. Always look for the helpers. There, were, there will always be helpers, you know, even just on the sidelines. If you look for the helpers, you'll know that there's hope. And on so many levels, now is also a good time to remember why it's so important to have veterans in newsrooms and leading in the media to help the public understand. I hope that's what I do on this show. From the shooter in Maine, to the combat in Gaza, to the attacks on U.S. troops, to Tommy Tuberville, to Ukraine, we can be a vital part of the solution, and we can again answer the call. But the shootings haven't stopped, and they likely won't. Mass shootings by radicalized individuals remains America's top and most immediate national security threat. We've talked about it on this show over and over again. These kinds of shootings are more likely to impact you and your family than any other threat. It's a national security issue, and it's beyond past time to start treating it like one. Because our enemies are celebrating. They're also celebrating the overall atmosphere here in the U.S., where violence and clashes are rising and becoming the new normal, including in my area, where this week... There was, quote, a flood Wall Street for Gaza rally where a bunch of different groups called on people to protest the stock exchange in opposition to Lockheed Martin and Boeing and Northrop Grumman. They said they'd be, quote, exposing U.S. weapons manufacturers and investment companies making the bombs being dropped on Gaza and profiting off the ongoing genocide of the Palestinian people. It also has an image of Wall Street covered in blood. Now, this looks inviting and welcoming. And it was happening right in the middle of rush hour when kids are leaving schools and sports. And right after the incident in Cooper Union in New York the night before. Now, there are mostly families in the financial district nowadays around Wall Street, not defense contractors. 
and all of lower Manhattan was bracing for problems, a lot of the same area that was impacted by 9-11. And I'm all for peaceful protest. And I've been critical of all sides. And I understand as best I can all the different viewpoints, especially people who want to stand up for civilians. But there's less and less peaceful protest in America daily. And clashes are likely. And any internal violence and division in America has our enemies celebrating. And they encouraged everyone to wear masks so the, quote, Zionists and other surveillance people couldn't figure out who they were. So they're masked. But they also didn't encourage peace, not in the documents or not in anything else, which is necessary. Peaceful protests are, of course, important and should be protected. But as a longtime organizer, I can tell you the tone of this flyer and all the outreach around this event from the leadership was not setting a peaceful tone. They're not encouraging peace, but they're encouraging masks. Leadership matters. Keeping the peace is a national security imperative no matter what side of this issue you're on, or if you're in between. So try to keep the peace whenever you can for our national security. And stay vigilant, because stakes is high. And stakes continue to be high in Washington, and there's some breaking news there regarding an asshole we didn't get a chance to cover. Democratic Representative Jamal Bowman of New York pleaded guilty on Thursday to a misdemeanor count for triggering a fire alarm as lawmakers scramble to pass a funding bill before the government shutdown deadline. If you missed it, Bowman pulled the fire alarm, which could have gotten any of the rest of us arrested. They tried to blow it off and spin it away, but that was a real asshole move and he needs to be held accountable, which is necessary on both sides. And, of course, speaking of assholes, there's still an asshole who's still an asshole, our old friend, Senator Redneck. Radical Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville continues to block military promotions. We covered it at length in our last episode with Representative Pat Ryan. Check it out if you haven't already. But there's news that the Democrats actually finally have a plan to get around Tuberville's blockade as tensions in the Middle East continue to boil over. This week, Senator Dan Sullivan, who sits on the Armed Services Committee with Tuberville, began circulating a petition to force Schumer to bring a vote on two high-ranking military nominees. Tuberville said he'd sign the petition and told his Republican colleagues he'll support any move to force votes on individual nominees. And he added, this is my favorite part, I'm just tired of getting blamed for all this. That's what Tuberville said. Well, you're getting blamed for all of this because you're the cause of all of this. I drive really slow in the ultra-fast lane While people behind me are going insane I'm on a And we can't finish our week without throwing in a little vigilance about what's happening in Ukraine. Now, supporting Ukraine is a key to our national security and global security. But our new Speaker of the House doesn't support Ukraine. And Putin's thrilled about that. Because without American support, Ukraine is fucked. 
And there's news that the European Union is falling behind on plans to provide Ukraine with a million artillery shells by March. Turns out, with more than half of that time gone, the initiative has so far delivered only 30% of the ammunition they need. Ukraine needs America. And America needs Ukraine to win. This is not partisan. This is all about our national security. And I want to share with you a great thread from Stas Alenchenko. He's a writer, UX specialist, storyteller, and he's originally from Kiev, trying to undo colonial myths about Ukraine at a place called Ukraine Explainers. And he had a thread that I want to share that I think kind of wraps up what we need to think about, especially in a time like this. Here's what he wrote. As a Ukrainian person looking at everything that's been happening in the world lately, here's what I really, really need people living in liberal democracies to understand as soon as possible. This isn't a pleasant conversation. You can't afford to take democracy for granted. It may feel like your country's democratic institutions have been there forever, but that's just because you were born after generations of your compatriots had given their lives to defend and develop these institutions. You've lived your life in the comfort of your ancestors' victories, but you may be the last generation that can feel this comfort while growing up. Things are changing, and democracies around the world are struggling to defend against internal and external threats. Now, there are actors in this world whose main aim is to crush your country's democracies. These actors are your direct enemies. It's as simple as that. I know you don't want to have to fight enemies or fight wars. Ukraine also didn't choose to have this war. Russia did. Russia and Iran are our most obvious enemies. Their allies and proxies must be viewed as your enemies. These countries, corporations, actors are not driven by your logic of cooperation and stability. They seek instability and want to hurt you as much as possible. The sooner you realize you need to see these powers as your direct enemies and act accordingly, the more chances you'll have of preserving your democratic institutions and welfare states. If you ignore this threat, the war will come, and it will catch you by surprise. The fact that Russia can still buy practically all military tech components from European companies to keep bombing Ukraine into rubble is a clear signal for me. Most Europeans don't understand the threat we're all up against. You can't be doing business with actors whose goal is to hurt you. You can't be helping Ukraine with one hand and enabling Russia with your other hand. This is not just unreasonable. This puts your democracies at an even greater risk. Russian businesses and representatives can't be viewed independently from the Russian state. Yandex can't be growing a browser in Europe. The Russian house can't keep standing unbothered in the center of Berlin. You can't afford to keep your eyes closed security-wise. If you run things the usual way, the democracy that many of your compatriots take for granted will fade in your country as well. Because of the powers working hard at it, and not getting nearly enough pushback from your governments and corporate representatives. As someone who witnessed two nationwide pro-democracy revolutions in my homeland and two waves of Russian aggression in just 28 years of my life, I can assure you, your democracy won't last if you're not ready to take security seriously. All you need to do for now is make your institutions cut ties with everything Russian, clear them from the spies and harmful actors, and invest in your security, especially 
by helping Ukraine's security as the only country currently defending common European decency. If Ukraine is allowed to get crushed by Russia's war of attrition, you'll be the next to know what it feels like when someone directly attacks your democratic systems and seeks to take away your freedoms. Trust me, you won't like the taste of it. If you want the next generation to live in the comfort of your democratic institutions, it's time to take security matters seriously and act now. There's no time left. Many forces are already at war with you, even if you choose not to see things this way. End. That's Stas Alenchenko breaking it down. Underscoring why now is the time, most of all, to stand with Ukraine. Look, I know it's the weekend, but now especially is a time when weekends kind of flow into weekdays and it doesn't really matter whether you want it to be the weekend or not. The news is going to keep coming and the issues are going to keep coming and your vigilance has to keep coming too. And I'll keep bringing the content to you as well. So I'll bring you more Friday night specials. I'll bring you more quick reaction content and I'll bring you more quick hitting interviews with more coming up next week. So be sure to subscribe right now and go to independentamericans.us for more. You can also check our YouTube page where you should subscribe and join our Patreon community where you can be a part of keeping this content coming and get a sneak preview on this and all the other content we're putting out. And if you need a break this weekend, Halloween is coming And there's a pretty good World Series kicking off with the Arizona Diamondbacks and Texas Rangers. Now, I was actually rooting for the Phillies. The energy and the excitement around that team was incredible, even though they were from Philly. But the Texas Rangers have never won a World Series. I grew up watching Nolan Ryan and Julio Franco, and I got to be pulling for them. And the Diamondbacks beat the Yankees in the season after 9-11, so I'll never forgive them for that. So I'll be rooting for the American League and the Texas Rangers, and it should be a good one. If we ever needed the distraction of the Fall Classic, it'll be now. The NBA is also underway. The Jets are playing the Giants. Hockey is in full swing, and there are plenty of ways to flip the channel to give your brain and your heart a break. I hope this episode brought you some light to contrast the heat and brought you a good shot of the righteous media five eyes. Now, I'm off to my kids' school's Halloween parade where, I've had to call an audible, I will be dressing not like Donkey Kong, but as Bowser. Shh, don't tell the kids. And I encourage you to take a break from the insanity of the news as well, and look for ways you can stay connected and give back in your community, especially to children. Independence of the future, people, and we're not alone in our independence. Our independent movement can be the hope for the future. Country over party, people over politics, light over heat, disrupting the status quo and fueling a new movement that spans all across our society. I hope you enjoyed this quick reaction content episode and all that we've been pumping out this fall. If you did, please share it far and wide. Invite your friends to declare their independence. If they need a Halloween costume, tell them they can be an independent American for Halloween. And stay vigilant, my friend, because eternal vigilance is the price of freedom and hope is the oxygen of democracy. And know you're not alone in your vigilance. We're all vigilant. We're all in this together. I'm your host, Paul Rykoff. Thank you for listening. 
down with Hamas, down with Putin, Slava Ukraine. And stay vigilant out there, America. Powered by Righteous Media.